0: Good morning, church family. I would like to read to you from Philippians 4, verses 10 to 20. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only, For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus.
1: Well, church family, we're living on the traditional ancestral homelands of the Silix peoples. It's where we call home, it's where we join God's purposes together with others. And of course, the announcement of and the discovery uh, 10 days ago or so of the 215 uh, bodies of children at the Kamloops. A former residential school is continuing to shake us, and it should shake us. And the reason that we as a church have on occasion been recognizing uh, the First Nations peoples and this unceded territory that we live in and call home on is because this is where we've been placed and called for such a time as this. And we have a responsibility to steward God's purposes here with others and with those who've come before us. We're always building in part of a bigger story that's larger than us And so I wanna invite us into lament, not only for what we're discovering as the stories pour out again of our residential school past, but also of what happened uh, over the last 10 days in our community with some of the students of Kelowna Secondary School. So there's much to lament about. So church, we've already been praying about this. I hope you have continued to do this in your home and in your discipleship circles, but could we just pause just for about 10 seconds in silence. The journey of how to live as God's people in these places during times like this and in the Things that have come before us and the parts that we have responsibility for is always our challenge. That's why we're in the Word together as a people. Uh, Kids, I want you to take a look at this picture. Hopefully you can see it. If you look carefully, you'll see it's some sprouts bursting up through pavement and concrete. I wonder if you could do a scavenger photo hunt for us this week. Could you go find different pictures, maybe even this morning? Maybe draw a picture of something like this, where a plant or a flower is growing up through concrete or your driveway or something like that. It's pretty an incredible thing, and it's something we're going to talk about together this morning. One more question. Do you know of a grade 12, uh, somebody in grade 12 who's graduating? Please let us know. As a church community, we do a blessing for our grads. And we don't want to miss anybody. So if there's anybody you know who's graduating from grade 12, or if it's you, send us a note, office at kgfchurch.com. Church, KGF All right, church, this morning we're headed as always toward a, a question for discussion in our hubs, our groups, and households. And here's the question uh, How are you learning to rely on the strength of Jesus in every circumstance? and what practices are building that strength. So that's where we're headed. Not far from where we live in Upper Mission are the remains of a home that burned in the forest fire of 2003. It's actually the remains of a deep sadness. There's a story there, I know, and I don't know it all, but it's sad what has happened to somebody's home. Must have been a beautiful home too with a beautiful location, even had a tennis court. And two decades after it was lost, uh, almost two decades after it was lost to the flames, the foundations remain. But a very curious thing is happening. The forest is starting to take it back. The tons of concrete that were poured to make a home are now being pushed back and pushed up by roots and plants. And over time, the strength of a seed overcomes and prevails this little local picture is told and retold throughout history. You can see a pretty cool photo on the screen here. In the 12th and 13th centuries, the ancestral Pueblans in what is today Colorado built cities into the rocks. And we visited this one. It's called Mesa Verde in south southwestern Colorado. It's now a U.S. national park. And If it weren't tended so lovingly as a place of historical importance, these trees and these plants would take the city back. And then there's the city of Pripyat, the booming town that was home to thousands of people at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in the northern Ukraine. There's a picture of what is today the former bumper car, um, part of the amusement park. In the 1970s and 80s, this was a very desired place to live, and the former Soviet Union it had all the amenities and attractions that many Soviets could only dream of. And then in 1986, a nuclear power plant exploded, and the city was abandoned rapidly, and the bumper cars in the amusement park were quickly left behind and abandoned, and now they are being draped beneath a canopy that will one day take the city back. There is a strength that ultimately prevails. As we near the end of the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, we come to this major point. To be Christian, to be the church, is to be rooted in a strength that prevails. Where are you feeling weak and challenged? Does it feel like forces beyond your control are ruling you? Do you fear what this means for the future? Well, the witness of the truth we are focusing on today is all around us. Just like that picture I showed of the sprouts popping up through concrete, seeds will prevail. There is a prevailing strength that the church possesses. And my friends, as a spirit-filled follower of Jesus, that strength is also within you, within us, as the people of God. This is the powerful secret we need to learn today as we look at Philippians 4, verses 10 to 20. So let's begin. Uh, Verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord, writes Paul, that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. And I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to, have, to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Just stop there for a second. Let's talk about circumstances, shall we? Paul has been speaking just prior to this, of the joy that, is, that comes from being rooted in Jesus Christ. And last week, we looked at verses 8 and 9, where it's this, the focusing on what is admirable and lovely and the purity within the reality of this world. That's what our minds are to be focused on, joy, beauty, purity, excellency, and praiseworthiness. That's what we should be focused on, regardless of circumstances. And remember, Paul's writing from prison, And the Philippians had sent him a care package. We don't know what was in it. Maybe some chocolates. Who knows? Joy and beauty were wrapped up and came with flesh on it. A gift from the Philippian Christians to Paul in prison, delivered to him in person by a Philippian named Epaphroditus. You can see that in verse 18, Paul talks about that's the guy who delivered it. Now, you need to understand that Roman imprisonment was not designed for comfort. When Rome imprisoned someone, it was not for punishment. You didn't receive a prison sentence if you were imprisoned by the Romans. Your your time in prison was awaiting your sentence, which usually meant death. Roman imprisonment would strip the prisoner of dignity. Why take care of someone whom you are about to execute? There was nothing cushy about what Paul was enduring for the sake of Jesus. He was seen as a rebel against Caesar, against the lord of rome and rebels were not dealt with kindly and so paul's circumstances frankly sucked but the philippians had renewed their concern for him they managed to get some care through to him and so paul is rejoicing in the lord that he is seen and loved he rejoices that he's happily receiving what has come his way let me ask you a question can you be a giver and a receiver. Sometimes we can see receiving as a sign of weakness, but Paul is rejoicing in being a receiver. His circumstances allow him the privilege of seeing what was planted among the Philippians come to bear fruit. Paul even actually says in verse 11, he says, you know, it's not that I really have need. And he knows what it is to be in need, and he knows what it is to have plenty. In his lifetime, he's known both, haven't you? Need and plenty, you know, is more than material. Paul would clearly have certain material needs in a Roman prison, without a doubt. But he's saying he's not in need. In fact, he's writing this letter as a sign that he has plenty to share. Are you in the giving space of your life right now, or the receiving space? Because we're always actually in both. You may have more need than you know of right now. Have you resisted love that God has sent your way? You may have more to give than you have realized. Have you resisted giving the love that God has prompted you to share? You see, circumstances are an opportunity for Christian love, for the beauty of the kingdom of God to be realized and practiced. Circumstances are not an obstacle need or plenty, circumstances aren't an obstacle. They are kingdom opportunity. And all this for Paul is rooted in a secret that he learned. Do you want to know what it was? What is the secret? Well, look at verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. We can thrive and flourish no matter what circumstances because of Christ. Literally, this line reads, in the original Greek, it reads like this way if we'd anglicize it. For all things I have strength in the one strengthening me. For all things I have strength in the one strengthening me. Chant it with me. For all things I have strength in the one strengthening me. That's literally what it's saying. Paul's saying, Contentment is a working out of the salvation strength that God has worked into us. Where are you getting your strength from for these crazy days? What source are you plugged into? Have you learned this strong contentment? The seed of the kingdom of God is in us. Sin's grip and power on your life has been destroyed by the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. The Holy Spirit has been poured into you. There is a seed in us that has power and will grow. We are partners in the very power of God. This is the secret we need to learn. For this power can push back all that the world throws at us and it can pile upon us. Circumstances do not define the Christian. Jesus Christ and this overcoming strength alive in me and in his church, this is what defines me. This is what defines us. Dank prison walls could not block this strength for Paul. We can do all things because of the prevailing strength and power that God has given us. We can know contentment in all circumstances through the one strengthening us, his strength empowering me to health, vitality, and pushing through the concrete. The power of Christ, it is this strength that is in you, it is this strength that is in the church. This is the secret that Paul has learned so that he can strengthen others. Is this the strength you're drawing from? There is no other strength strong enough. Nothing you can turn to Drink, read, no ideology, nothing has the strength of the risen power of Jesus that you can access through repentance and trusting in him and walking in the faith and community of the king. To be the church that makes disciples is to call people into this holy strength. I'm calling you into that holy strength today. Will you learn the secret Paul now turns, verse 14. He says, yet it was good of you, despite despite the fact that he has the strength to endure in every circumstance because of Christ. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts; what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, they're a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. It's pleasing to God, and may God and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is getting to the close of the letter, and he's just celebrating this amazing small community of Christians. They they really are being the church. They overflow with generosity and love. This time of giving Paul care in prison was not the first time that they'd shared love and generosity with him. Now you have to remember, this church began, if you go back into Acts chapter 16, They began with three foundation members. They began with a businesswoman named Lydia and her household, a slave girl who'd been freed from a demon, and a jailer's household. That was the start of the church in Philippi. They were simple, ordinary, unlikely saints, but they were partners in the gospel, the good news of God, like small sprouts pushing back the concrete hopelessness of their day. But Paul's not interested in getting something from them. This is the point of true community. Disciple-making and partnership in God's mission in the world that we need to observe. We need to learn this. Look, verse 17 is what he says, right? He says, it's not, it's not, that, I, it's not that I desire your gifts. That's not, it's not what I'm after. I'm not after your stuff. But I'm desiring something. He says, Listen, I desire that more be credited to your count. The English Standard Version says, I desire that, um, I desire, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. There's a fruit, there's a desire to see a true life emerge out of these Christians in Philippi. You know, to be the church is not complicated, it's a joyful partnership in the gospel, in the ways of Christ, in his suffering in mutuality, in having the mind of Jesus who didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself. You know, this is precisely what we Christians, those of us who name Jesus as Lord, should be lamenting and repenting of, given the fact that 215 children somehow perished because something other than this kind of fruit was deemed more important in our historical residential school system. That was not partnership in the way of Jesus. That was partnership in the way of empire. And we are now withdrawing from an account that was stored up, and it's not very beautiful. It's regrettable. It is not fruitful. It is a useless currency. It is lamentable. Now, it doesn't negate the power of the gospel of Jesus. Instead, the gospel, these words of scripture, should confront us and expose us and call us to seek the right fruit. This is what Paul's desiring for the Philippians. I'm seeking the right fruit. I'm seeking what is a credit to your account. Lord, have mercy on us. To live the way Paul is desiring is to plant seed seed that brings about god's provision of every need of every situation for every circumstance because we have learned the secret we can do all things through him who strengthens us we are partners in the very power of god this is the secret we need to learn how are we going to learn it well we learn this secret when we are a community in partnership with the gospel this is what the philippians have done having that same mindset as Christ Jesus, working out what God has worked into us, when we're joyfully embracing and putting into practice the ways of Jesus. This is the work of community, of knowing Christ, of having Jesus at the center. This is a work that will be tested and the future always reveals what was planted. This is a work of small places and close relationships. This is a work of giving and receiving a work of boldly saying that Jesus is Lord in a culture that says someone or something else really is in charge. This is a work of obedience, of humbly responding to the leading of the Spirit and giving. This is what Paul is commending the Philippians for. And it is more and more of this kingdom credit that Paul wants to grow in them. What I desire, he says, is that more be credited to your account. Paul's seeking fruit and so when he receives this gift I actually imagine him to be smiling that it is a sign of fruit that is piling up to the Philippians credit. Paul is seeking the fruit that's the full expression of the one who is among them. He's desiring that the fullness of God in Christ be expressed through them. So if we use a bank account as an analogy it's as if he's saying listen your account is full and overflowing because of christ because of his strength your account is full so i am seeking that you live more and more from the secret that you have all that you can possibly need in christ the word made flesh there's nothing more that you need in other words start living up to what is in your account My desire isn't that you give me something as if you have to earn God's favor. It's that you live out of what is yours in Jesus. The fact that you shared something with me is a sign that you're learning the secret. You can be generous because God is generous. You can overcome your circumstances because God has overcome even the grave. You can forgive because God forgave. You can walk in humility because God himself came in humility. You can work out your differences. You can trade up your old identities and know yourself not by the labels of this world but by the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. You can rejoice. You can dwell on the admirable because your account is full. Now do you draw from that account? Do you? Are you living your life? Are we living our life, our life as a church community, drawing from an account That is endless strength and capacity. The secret is that you are abounding in that account. You can never exhaust it. And Paul is seeking the fruit of a church who knows where their treasure is. And they live making deposits. Because all our good works, all our laying up treasures in heaven is like children adding coins to an account that is filled and managed by the one who has all the riches in glory and so be the church from here from this secret strength because you cannot outgive god but we can but by the holy spirit we can act like him and from this partnership of giving and receiving we experience God himself. Believers are always playing with house money all the time. You know those government programs where the invitation is to make a deposit and then the government will match it or add a certain amount to it? There's nothing, that's nothing compared to the God who is able to meet all our needs according to his riches and glory. That's what Paul says to them in verse 19. God has all the strength, all the seed all the capacity that we need it's the biggest trust fund ever and it is for everyone who comes and repents and follows jesus christ as lord the credit that paul is speaking or is speaking of is the realization that the philippians are living up to the strength and abundance of their lord the resurrected one the king of kings can we please live this way not out of fear of lack or insecurity, but from the trust in the one who is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Can we live this strength of the seed of the kingdom that pushes through concrete? If you're not connected to this secret, you're living from a depleted account, and it's surely slowly eroding, and you can never fill it because you weren't meant to fill it You were meant to live up to your holy inheritance in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. That's how Paul ends this section in verse 20. And that's what should awaken in and out of us. Worship and praise that the account is full and we get to live out of the strength and the abundance of that to be the church and so what par- what partnership work might your hub or your household or your group do to strengthen another part of the church what act of generosity might emerge from us friends what act of partnership are you engaging your church with your church family these days what might we do in light of the news of the last couple weeks, to befriend and listen to the stories of people in our, our First Nations neighbors or friends. What act of generosity are we partnering in together? What life is growing among us that is pushing through the concrete, that is weighing down the world? This is our privilege, to live from this strength that never runs out. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your abundant grace and mercy. Thank you that you're full of power and might and you are so generous and good, so kind and loving and you are just and you will call us to account and you will remind us of our places and needs of repentance and you will invite us into a new way of life and you will try to teach us this secret that you shout from the mountains. If you come to me, I will give you a well that will never run dry, seed that can push through concrete, strength that never runs out. Lord, we need this for the circumstances we're living. We need this as a community of your goodness and glory. And we pray your blessing, Lord, today on our city, on our province, and all those whose hearts are disturbed and broken And Lord, if there's any among us, any listening right now who need to surrender and give their lives to Jesus, we invite you, friend, just come into his strength. He has everything you need. Forgiveness of sins, hope for eternity, power to live all the circumstances of this life and to join him as his ambassadors of hope and reconciliation in a time that desperately needs it. Would you come to him? Jesus, we need your strength. We trust you and we love you in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, we have a question for you to discuss in your household, your hub. We want you in a disciple-making relationship, community like this. This is where life grows and this strength emerges. So here's the question, questions today. How are you learning to rely on the strength of Jesus in every circumstance? We're always learning it, so how are you learning it? And what practices are building that strength? Encourage one another. Strengthen one another in the strength that is yours in Jesus Christ.